0: Hey there, this is Coach AA, and the August 16 edition is here. The three things for today, on how I thought I was eating heart-healthy cereals, and how that wasn't really healthy for anything. The second one, on what I learned about being in the moment and how to practice it. And finally, a topic that's been on my head for the better part of the last year on how we are time poor and what we can do to buy more time. So, heart-healthy cereals are thinking I was eating healthy when I wasn't doing that at all. So, in 2005, I moved uh, to the U.S. for grad school. About 23 years old, I'd been um, trying to be fit for, well, I want to say about 12 years now. Uh playing cricket in school, primarily um, under 13, that was when I realized, oh boy, I couldn't do much. I couldn't even lift my bat beyond a point. After a while, I would get tired, you know, running on the pads on, and invariably I would get out because I was done. So by the time I was 23, this was something that had been on my head, well, for half my life. And after pretty much every failed attempt in India, I just knew. I knew I would go to the U.S. and get ripped. Because the problem, obviously, was the food I was eating in India. The U.S. had special foods that enabled all of them to be ripped. I mean, come on, look at any actor. They had abs. Simple. So, with this settled in my head, I was relieved and I moved to the US. Oh boy. It's the junk food capital of the world. And they literally sell you tons and tons of it at dirt cheap prices. Like the regular grocery store has things on sale. And then you discover the beast that is Walmart or better yet, or Costco. Oh my, you can get a lot of crap for real cheap. So, what's a kid going to do except eat a lot of crap? But after, you know, I kind of got used to the idea, I decided, very sensibly I might add, let's fix breakfast. Like Every meal is terrible. If I fix breakfast, that's one third of my day that's better and that's Ample. Seriously, I don't know where these uh, snippets of wisdom came in. But as I look back, there are a few important ones uh, out there. So this was the first. Unfortunately, the wisdom ended there because I was clueless. So I went to the grocery store, looked for breakfast, and... Obviously, eggs and egg yolks uh, were bad for you because they would cause high cholesterol and kill you, which was the thought process back then. Plus, my doctor had warned me about my high cholesterol. Yes, Uh, when I was 23, he did. And uh, so heart-healthy cereals stood out. They leaped from the shelves right into my hands. And... There were a gazillion more flavors and variants here. So, it was fun. And add to this, there's fat-free milk. And immediately I knew, here's the answer. We don't have this in India. Fat-free milk, obviously, is going to make me skinny. Heart-healthy cereals are obviously healthy. Ta-da! I didn't think much that they tasted sugary and they tasted amazing. I didn't think much that everything tasted like chocos, well, you know, except for the chocolate flavor. Like Fruit Loops, for example. It takes a special kind of fooling yourself to think Fruit Loops can be healthy. But then, every cereal that, you know, the heart-healthy, famous brand that is, that starts with a K makes, is terrible. But, I didn't know that. So I did this for maybe even up to four months. Until I moved out of my first apartment and in with uh, one of my uh, closest friends. And that's when I discovered um, a hippie-ish store in town. And I found this thing called granola. So after four months of eating a heart-healthy cereal or the other, and fat-free milk, I realized I was being scammed. And this granola thing had to be the answer. Now I was still clear I'm just gonna fix one meal a day and this granola was chunky it it came in this uh, 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 dispenser it didn't come out of a box they put granola in boxes with a you know a dispenser in there and you put it into your plastic bag and the store itself gave you nice pleasant. Vibes? I was like, yes, of course. Here's the answer. And they tasted amazing. Start having granola for breakfast, some days lunch, some days dinner. Maybe not breakfast, lunch, and dinner, but close enough. And obviously, the fat-free milk was scam. And I found flavored yogurt. I mean, it's fruit. And it's yogurt, what these people call curd, I guess. Fruit plus curd, win, win, win. Now I was sure this was the answer. <laughs> My roommates would make fun of me for the amount of flavored yogurt I had in the house. I remember I literally took over one shelf of the of the fridge and... Uh, A shelf in a U.S. refrigerator is gargantuan. Well, it took me quite a bit of time to realize that it's all just sugar packaged into various forms and that there's no way around eating real food. I think it took me maybe a year and a half or even close to two years after that. But this was just one stumble that led to another stumble until I figured things out. But I guess the point I'm trying to make is even when we make the right decision and we have the right intent we might end up doing the wrong thing and that hurts us it's important to listen to an expert on things we are not an expert on you don't try to do dental surgery by yourself you go to a dentist somehow that makes sense But you listen to your neighbor's, cousin's, aunt's story on how they lost fat or some random guy on Instagram with a six-pack telling you to do stupid nonsense all because he has a six-pack. So whatever you learn out of this, well, I hope you learned something. The second bit, and this kind of dovetails into the third one a little bit, is something that I find rather hard to do, which is being in the moment and how I practice it. And my larger learning has been, when I get into a new context or environment, I should try to steal from some other place that I understand much better. And this is the entire point of my training is my sandbox for life thought in that I'm taking something I learned from training into life. So there must be other things I'm reasonable at outside of the gym as well. And while those are A few, a fuse, ample, is what i found. So this being in the moment thing, well, it starts off with, you know, trying to meditate. Or even trying to do simple things like pranayama. Oh boy, I did not realize how hard or difficult that would be. But funnily enough, I had dumbed it down much earlier for myself. If you've seen my post on how to fall asleep faster, that's me coming up with a dumbed-down version of a more complicated breathing drill for sleeping. Inhale and exhale. That's it. You think inhale when you inhale. You think exhale when you exhale. And you keep doing this. And you literally just wake up the next morning and think, oh hey, how did that happen? At least. Worked for me and I know it worked for a bunch of people. It can't work for everybody, but it works for a lot of us. And I came by this method via a more complex breathing drill, which is four, seven, eight. 4 seconds inhale, 7 seconds hold, 8 seconds exhale. This comes from a lot of old school research about relaxation, about putting your body into parasympathetic mode and all that. But I found that it, while it worked, it was hit or miss because it was pretty complex to keep thinking of Four, seven, and eight. Yeah, I'm terrible at counting reps itself. And here I was supposed to do four seconds, seven seconds, eight seconds. Oh, boy. So I dumbed it down for myself. And I realized, oh, wow. I already have something there, and I just need to do it. So previously, I would think I need to zone out. I need to be this zen calm, undisturbed by everything kind of monk. But just overriding my thoughts with inhale and exhale was all I was capable of. And that seemed to work. That seemed good enough. So ever since I connected these realizations, my pranayama has gotten better. And obviously, I do my training bit reasonably well of staying in the moment, of executing right technique and form. Some days I do think a lot. Some days I am in the zone. But it's a spectrum where I'm mostly doing the right thing, if that makes sense. Like inhale here, exhale here, push through the floor, get into a plank. Not all of it is controlled by me, some of them just flow, but I do work on my setup, I do make sure I'm not distracted thinking about what I'm going to do next, my phone's on airplane mode, I might listen to a song, but that's simply background noise to drown out other background noise. And again, a lesson carrying forward from here is maybe there is a perfect way to do this. But what is step one for me? What is step two for me? It might not be anywhere close to perfect. And thankfully, I'm many things, but a perfectionist will never be one of those. So it was me understanding I don't need to be in this Zen mode. Like I can be Focused. I can be a little wired up because that's how I train. I'm not, you know, half asleep when I train but I'm trying to be calm when I'm doing pranayama. So being in the moment, you can be in the moment in multiple ways, in multiple contexts and all of them can be different sounds like a simple maybe obvious realization to you but it took me a bit of thinking to get here so if I'm writing I am in the moment but I try to be I try to come into it with a different place in my head if I'm reading similar but still a little different when I'm trying to do pranayama, very different. When I'm trying to train, slightly different. And maybe there is one answer that connects all of them or you're all in one flow state. I am far away from it. But what I realize is, as I am mindful of what I am doing, as I am aware of what I am doing, and I keep practicing this things get easier just like anything else instead of mindlessly doing something even if it is for five minutes it adds up and on to the last piece for the day on time Now, this started off as a simple thought about how a focus on health and fitness and nutrition can literally give us more time. But it somehow got a rather... Well, it got a little unwieldy. And I think I'm trying to talk about two... Loosely related things. Well, here we go. The first part is us being time poor. Overworked. Somehow misunderstanding what living life to the fullest means. Being overworked. Everybody around us is doing it. So I guess this is what we are expected to do. Like I hear from a bunch of you about how... You take calls at crazy hours. Like to me, it's crazy. Like I don't answer my phone after 7 p.m. Maybe that sounds crazy to you. Maybe you think that's a luxury I have. Sure, maybe it is, but it's a choice. And I've spoken to people a lot more experienced than me on this people who are out of the rat race that's far ahead from where i am because i still don't understand it because i'm here to do work i'm here to do work like this this is you know me on a sunday but i love doing this even you know there's even if there's only five of you listening to this i enjoy doing this So there's work and there's, apparently, work. So how do we not get carried away and lose our lives? And if you think about it, we're all saving time too. Like most of us have some form of help at home. We order in, so that's time saved from cooking. We can take a cab, so that's time saved from driving. But what are we doing with all this time? we're burning ourselves out, cramming more work somehow, thinking, if I don't do the work, I won't get ahead. In 20 years, I'm saving up, blah, 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 for the distant future. And we lose our sanity over this. I realized this Because over the last eight, nine years, every year, Raj and I have been cramming more work into our day because we keep adding more hats to ourselves, entrepreneurs, founders, technical leaders, head coaches, branch managers, overseeing operations, doing a little bit of marketing, then that social media stuff, this, writing, so many things. You just keep adding and adding and adding and adding without subtracting. I'm gonna read this passage from Alice in Wonderland, or rather, Through the Looking Glass, where Alice gets cooled by the Red Queen. Alice never could quite make out in thinking it over afterwards how it was that they began. All she remembers is that they were running hand in hand and the Queen went so fast that it was all she could do to keep up with her. And still the Queen kept crying faster, faster. But Alice felt she could not go faster though she had not breath left to say so. The most curious part of the thing was that the trees and the other things around them never changed their places at all. However fast they went, they never seemed to pass anything. I wonder if all the things move along with us, thought poor puzzled Alice. And the queen seemed to guess her thoughts, for she cried, Faster, don't try to talk. Eventually, the queen stops and props Alice up against a tree, telling her to rest. Alice looked around in great surprise. Why? I do believe we've been under this tree the whole time. Everything's just as it was. Of course it is, said the queen. Why would you have it? Well, in our country, said Alice, still panting a little, you generally get to somewhere else if you ran very fast for a long time, as we've been doing. A slow sort of country, said the queen. Now, here, you see, it takes all the running you can do to keep in the same place. If you want to get somewhere else, you must run at least twice as fast as that. This rings a bell somewhere in me. Personally, as I've crammed myself with more work, you know, honestly, I could have fooled myself for much longer if I was happy with the quality of work I was doing. But I wasn't. I don't know what I want to do, but I know I can do better. Something I've learned about myself is to listen to my gut. My gut gets to places a lot faster than my brain does, and I've always been hurt if I wait for my brain to catch up. Instead, I've been trying to figure out what this means. And over the last year or so, that's something I've been able to explore. And by explore, I mean stumble around in the dark. But interesting things have happened. So, what I do is just introspect. Asking myself questions like how often am I in the moment? Am I trying to be more efficient watching TV when I eat or reading a book when I eat a habit that goes back to my childhood? Thinking about the class I'm going to run as I brush my teeth as I drink my coffee planning how I will coach as I am petting my dog or is that just being stressed out eventually whatever it is that's not being in the moment and I think there's something to being in the moment at least that's my current, whatever you want to call it, that's my current thing that I'm going to cling on to because I think that's what my gut is telling me. And so it has led to me doing lesser. Because coupled with this, I'm also thinking, is it really productive to be working for more than 10 hours a day? Is it possible to be productive doing that much work? Should we sacrifice the quality of the time we spend on doing other things? Should I sacrifice the quality of my work for quantity? Are my hobbies not important? Do they not matter because they're not going to make simplistically more money for the quad or for myself because I'm not charging for it or whatever. Or if I can do the same amount of work in lesser time, should I not explore that option? And I realize work is not a bad word. I want to do work. But like I said, while writing my blog might be work, It's interesting work, and writing my blog, doing this podcast, all of this is leading somewhere, even if it is simply me getting a wee bit smarter as I blather on about thoughts in my head, maybe in six months, they'll be clearer. So that's the first part. The second part, which is only tangentially related, is, well, on how health and fitness can literally buy us more time. To me, this split is also twofold. Being in the moment, changing my identity as a strong person, as a person for whom fitness matters, a person who is able to take control of the situation rather than throw his hands up and say, I'm bound to be unfit for the rest of my life after being that way for 25 years. All of this led to mental growth. Made me different. It's hard to explain beyond that. You know it if you've been there or are going through it. And that led to making more things possible, like starting this company. So, there are qualitative things that a keystone habit like fitness can do, which is grow you as a person. And it can also literally roll the clock back. by eating better and by training sensibly, your cells can literally be younger than what your birth date dictates. Say you're 40 years old, but with sensible training, it is possible to be 35 years old according to your cells or telomeres. And by moving better, by moving more, by doing things like the squat, by being able to walk upstairs, being able to walk or run 10 kilometers, lifting weights, your bones, your muscles, your brain, all of them are much sharper than they will be today. So this is forward. This is better than current. And what is it that we associate with our youth? Oh, I could play all day. I could be in the sun. Or I could just do so much more. I was never tired. Well, why are we tired? We're all tired because of the stresses of life that we put on ourselves, right? And while some of this is inevitable, some of it I think we can question. Like the amount of work we do, which is the, I guess, first part, that I was uh, talking about. Like being pain-free, for example, can make you feel five years younger. By losing fat, if your waist-to-height ratio is more than half, you improve your chances of living longer. By being less stressed, by focusing on your heavy hobbies, hobbies, Your hobbies, your relationships, your happiness. You live a higher quality life. You are less prone to modern day diseases. Please remember, I am not one for advocating stupid fat loss. But this waist to height ratio seems to matter. So I implore you to look at that. You feel mentally alert. You do look and feel younger. And you also get a lot more productive. You're able to stay focused because you're also practicing being in the moment. And you get stuff done. Whereas, if you think about your day and spending 12 hours... At your day, are you really working for those 12 hours? No, you're not. If you are, that's nuts. And somebody's taking you for a ride. Even if if you are your own boss, well, you're being unfair to yourself if you're literally working 12 hard hours a day. Regardless, I think this is something important for all of us to think about. Oh, yeah. You've, you fall sick less often. So much more, right? Like, you are literally buying time. So, during the day, I'm buying more time because I can get work done quicker. And I'm also buying my long-term health. When I'm 80, I don't want to look like how other 80-year-olds look. I still want to do the things that I'm doing today. Well, maybe not play ultimate. But I'd love to be active, I'd love to be walking around and doing all the things that I want to do when I'm 80. I don't want to be restricted because my brain's senile or my body doesn't comply. So I realize I'm talking about two... Slightly different things, but time is a common factor. I think we need to look at how we are spending our time. And I am absolutely not qualified to go much further beyond this, except all the stuff about fitness I just said are valid, legitimate, scientific, plus empirically tested. There are way more smarter people than me talking about mindfulness, being in the moment, work-life balance, and all of it. I'm just stumbling and trying to find my own way through this. But like I said, my gut tells me I should be thinking along those lines. And over the last year, I've been working on my courage to ask myself honest and tough questions. So I do recommend if you are in your comfort zone or if any of what I said made you uncomfortable, well, sit on it. Stay in the moment. Introspect. And ask yourself, Uncomfortable questions. Because end of the day, I think we need to understand that we are in control. And if we are not in control, we need to get back under control. And that's how we can have a high quality life as opposed to a high-quantity life. Because I don't think it is about, oh, my 24 hours are packed. I'm able to spend time with my friends, do this with my family, and get 12 hours of work. While I think that's better, I'm not sure if that cramming the day, chock block is the answer as well. But like I said, I have only open questions that I'm asking myself. And I'm reading, listening, and talking to people who are much further along on this than me. But this was on my head, and I thought I should share and see what the five of you have to say. Well, That's it from me today. You guys have a great one. And uh, until next week. Bye-bye. This is Coach AA signing off.